Hey everyone and welcome back to Demon Slayer Chronicles where today we'll be diving in to season two episode three of the entertainment district arc titled what are you and it is continuing to heat up I mean for me I've already seen back this but going back and watching this episode this is definitely the kickoff of where things just go out of control and Dylan I know you are obviously on the other side watching each of these week by week as we are doing the episodes so before we go on the recaps before going to all that how are you feeling about the first three episodes so far? How did this episode get you going for the rest? Yeah, I would say my heart is being pulled in multiple directions right now. On one hand, I just like seeing like Tanjiro do stuff and have a good time. Like him just being like a like a good cleaner and just like having fun doing errands and chores. Um, but also there's like this crazy tension, right? This this like mystery that's going on in one section, this like intense like fight almost fight happening in another like I, I don't know i really like the split story and how it's like all like kind of coming together like i can definitely start seeing the pieces of like okay how is this eventually going to start like having all three characters come together and it's super exciting well even so i think literally the last two episodes and i'm just gonna keep referencing this before is that we just keep talking about how good this writing and like story is for each character how it plays into who they are and all that kind of stuff and it continues mm -hmm. this episode i mean really this was really an Inosuke and uh, Zenitsu episode. I mean, Tanjiro did nothing besides a little cleaning montage, but that's okay. Because it still yeah. played into who Tanjiro is. We still had a good fun five minutes with him, maybe four minutes with him in the episode. And then we didn't see him again. And we were completely okay with that because of how good Inosuke playing into his violence, the chasing there, um, Zenitsu kind of defending women as he always has been, playing into that kind of trope. Like, it doesn't matter what's going on or how, like, if it's fighting or anything like that, Demon Slayer is so good into playing into who their characters are that you can literally make an episode focused about anything. It'll make sense and it'll be fun. And I think this episode is a perfect example of that. Yeah, and I really like the fact that nothing happened with Tantra. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, they're all three doing, like, their little scout and things. So, like, yeah, at some points, one person is just going to be kind of doing nothing, but they're still going to show it. I really like it because it grounds it in an interesting way. Did we even see Izui? I mean, maybe like in a flashback, like with his wife when Inosuke is kind of figuring out some of that. But like outside of that, I don't think Zui's in this episode for more than maybe a couple seconds, if at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, one of the four major characters of the arc didn't even show up this episode. And Tanjiro, the main character, didn't show up for more than a couple minutes. And again, still a fun episode as any. So yeah. um, we'll go through the recap really quick. We can't spend more time talking about it before because the recap's very, very high level here. There's not a ton going on. But pretty much focus on around a couple things. So number one, we learn a lot more about Daki. Daki is going to be the main uh, woman demon of the arc. And kind of that she's been around forever. We even kind of get a black and white flashback. Learning a little bit more about her history. Kind of how cruel she's almost been. And her love and kind of obsession with Muzan. And kind of how that got started there for her. So starting to get a little bit more information on who she is. We kind of confirm exactly that, yes, she is the one that took down Azui's wives, as we kind of see in the couple scenes where she has one of them tied up with these belts. So kind of getting a little bit of an idea of what her um, demon uh, abilities are. But good, just finally learning more about the villain, which I, I am excited and one of my favorite villains ever. But from there, we do kind of go on to the three different of the main characters kind of doing their own thing. So Inosuke won. Kind of has a little bit of chase scene starting to pick up that, oh, one of Azui's wives is sick, not coming out, kind of looks into it. And when he goes up into the room, 
he hears a bunch of running through the ceilings after seeing Izumi's wife's um, room empty, even though it shouldn't be, and chases after that, kind of doing a big scene and being himself, um, to Tanjiro, oblivious to everything, just doing a little cleaning montage, driving his house owners crazy because of how hard he works and how much he's bothered them. And then uh, Zenetsu, we do see that he's actually confirmed to be in the same house as the demon, and has a little bit of confrontation where he is trying to protect a couple of the young girls that kind of serves uh, Daki. But when doing that, tells her to tells her to pretty much stop and then gets bitch slapped and knocked out. And there's a little bit of a scene there, but we don't see really the full conclusion there. But uh, Daki's starting to pick up the, uh, that demon slayers are probably in the town between his fact that he didn't die when he was slapped and Nosuke and all that kind of stuff. So things are starting to heat up but everyone's still just kind of more tense than actually battle-ready at this point. Anything I missed there? Or did that kind of go through a lot of the big things, Dylan? No, I think I think you hit basically all the marks there. Yeah, and I mean, uh, again, I think it's a full-on setup episode. I mean, so we've pretty much... Zenetsu, whenever he wakes up, I don't think he really knows as much of a demon yet. Maybe the fact that he was slapped across the room might give him a little bit of an idea. Inosuke still doesn't have much, so... I still think we're probably a good episode or two away before any real action happening, but someone's going to have to kind of force some kind of confrontation soon because both sides are becoming more and more aware. Um, and it's kind of crazy how fast it's happening considering Azui's wife, like we're in here for like months and couldn't figure much out. And we, they've been in here for like two days now and they're, <laughs> they're very quickly figuring things out. So, um, things are clearly escalating and, uh, pretty soon something's going to happen if i had a guess yeah and i will say i think um at this point we have enough info to kind of gather that there's more than one demon or there's like maybe lower demon at this point so i, I think the obvious one is that like there's stuff going on with zinitsu and Daki, but then also uh stuff is going on in the other house of uh, there is like movement in the upstairs which probably is a demon of some sort um but also at the very very beginning um, when we, uh, see the wife like tied up and like someone is like interrogating her, um, it's actually a different voice actress than Daki. So we can kind of like, you know, piece together that like little bit and be like, okay, well there, there's definitely more demon running around at this point, which, um, I know it is, is a little scary, right? Like at, at any point, like this is a huge dense town. Like we don't know how many demon are just like lurking at this point, like how many spies Daki has like all around the different houses. I mean, it can almost kind of be like a Mugen Train kind of thing, too, of where there was the first couple villains, I mean, uh, demons that showed up kind of as a decoy. I mean, Daki could even be in that situation at this point. I mean, Demon Slayer does a good job of always kind of um, making you think one way and then just kind of going, nope, never mind, and kind mm-hmm. of going a completely different way. So I think that could definitely happen. And um, yeah, like I was saying, things are happening so quickly that Maybe we're not actually getting the full puzzle here, which is kind of always the fun part is that we don't know. We have what? 11 episodes left, 10 episodes, nine yeah. to 10 episodes left of this arc. So that's a lot of time left in the arc for a lot of things to kind of happen. That's, I mean, you can kind of have two little arcs in here. I mean, we could fight Daki next week and then like, oh, never mind. She wasn't the real big bad villain. And then I have to go for another <laughs> two episodes into that. So there's so much time left here um, in the arc for things to really go whatever direction and that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm also interested to find out what is her like demon ability because like what we've seen of her um, early on is like she flies, 
so Andrew and I were actually talking about this a little bit before, but like a lot of like the moves right now are still very implicit of where we can kind of get a sense of what she's doing. But like the way that the camera's positioned is we don't get full information. So like she has these like silk wraps that clearly she can manipulate, but then she can also fly maybe, or maybe use those silk wraps to push herself up or something. Regardless, she floated above the town and dropped someone from very high up. So there's some sort of flying stuff going on. But I mean, this is an upper rank. So this is really only the second upper rank we've really kind of dealt with so far. Um, yeah. And the first one was at the end of Mugen Train, which really was, I don't think, I think upper ranks could have a lot more powers. I mean, we've only really kind of ran into lower ranks here, which have one kind of demon blood art, possibly a couple here too. So I, I do kind of agree with that. And the one we do have was kind of just more of a, loyalty strength battle against Ren uh, Rengoku so even that one could have more power that we haven't even seen here but mm -hmm. yeah I think it'll be interesting because we've never gone against a demon the strong really at this point for an extended period of time obviously the Mugen Train arc was meant to be a very one-on-one -on -one fight but mm -hmm. seeing how these three can do I mean they just went on a training montage before all this happened I mean we did all that time training getting stronger recovering is it going to make a difference is it going to rely heavily on Zui kind of like how it happened to last time or Nezko doing something because she always comes to save the day. <laughs> so it'll kind of be interesting to see that if this is an upper rank gaming, really how much stronger it is when the three main characters actually get to fight them. Yeah, I don't know. It's super interesting because I feel like we definitely hit that like next layer of of demon power, right? Of they went through this huge training arc. They've really prepared. Maybe some of these lower demon aren't going to cut it anymore. Like we saw, you know, we saw in season one, like a lot of lower demon fights that were incredibly close. And then we find out there are upper demons and it's like they get stronger. And so, like, I feel like we're finally starting to hit that like little bit of a jump. Now, I totally still think that we're going to have a lot of like one on one lower demon fights. But I, when I when I think about like where the series is probably going to go from here, it seems like the big bads of each arc is probably going to be one of the uppers now. Like we aren't going to have a whole arc that's just like, oh, yeah, we're doing this whole arc because there's like a lower demon in this one place, you know, because like the power level is jumped. But with that power level being jumped, we still have to have like one of the main Hashira here with them. Right. Like it, it, he, they still need that like major, major backup. So, yeah, like you said, I'm super interested to see what the big fight at the end is going to be like of like is it going to be a lot of like our main three mostly doing the fighting and like they're at that level or we're going to have a lot of backup from like you know the the real the real deal swordsman so to speak um but the, the one thing i thought was super interesting was the fall that zenitsu took where he took the fall but he used his breathing technique to like make it softer on himself and but like the demon instantly recognizing that move was super super cool to see because i think I, I think we lose sight of it sometimes because they keep circling back to it, but like how important the breathing is of yeah. like all these like very subtle, tiny movements. And I'm glad that they're bringing it back up and kind of reinforcing like, oh no, they're doing like a ton of stuff on the back end when they fight. Yeah. And I can't wait till fighting actually starts and we debate every single episode and rather we're able to see the elemental abilities of each character again. Just like we did in season one and everyone absolutely hated that. And we heard about it every single week, but we still never got an answer until after we finished season one. And someone was like, Oh yeah, they made like an author's comment in like chapter four about this. <laughs> None of us ever <laughs> saw it. So we just spent 24 episodes arguing about that. But no, I, I agree. It's um, yeah, we really haven't seen much about the 
um breathing even they didn't really make any mention to that in um the first one either obviously they had their kind of moves but there didn't feel like there was any growth in any of their move sets in mugen train it just felt like it was kind of how they are and doing that but that was the first time we've seen something kind of like that and obviously in in training arc of however long it was you would think that there's going to be some new moves some new breathing techniques um obviously tangiro has been looking into sun breathing sun some if that makes any kind of difference if that's more controlled i mean we haven't seen them use anything since after the training arc yet so very excited to see if that jump is actually real or if they way underestimated how strong an upper could be versus how long they trained now i don't think we said it on the show but what did that comment say like in the chapters about their elemental abilities and, and so, I, I don't i literally just think it said something like um it was just like the author knows he always did like little weirder characters for him so he said nope um no one can actually see the uh, elements. Like, it was just very straightforward. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're like, just a representation of the, the sword move, yes. right? Like it's not literal electricity, but the way he moves is like electricity. So they use yes. it to represent. Okay. I wish you could see it. I mean, all the demon abilities are weird. We're real. So why can't the why can't the people just magically make electricity appear? I don't know. Well, the reason why is because they ground all the sword fighting. Like it's, it, yeah, that is like the really interesting thing of like, they let the demons be super fantasy but he like desperately tries to ground the, the fighting. He's like, no, no, no. Listen, if you breathe the right way, you can take hits better. So that's the reason why it totally, and, and like the explanation there, which I know I kind of like that. I like, uh, cause it reminds me like in a really weird way of like science fiction of where like you have sometimes soft science fiction of where they'll like tell you about like this crazy warped drive but they'll like try to ground it in real science where they're like really trying to put it there. But like you can still clearly see the fantasy that you still have to use to like connect everything. Uh, I, I really love that kind of stuff. Um, it's just fun to justify it. Well, it make it just helps make it feel like every battle matters more. I feel like more than My Hero Academia, more than Naruto, more than One Piece. I feel like, oh, they're just going to be a doctor that takes care of them. Everyone's going to kind of come back to normal mm-hmm. afterwards. But we've seen... The repercussions in Demon Slayer are so much more than any other kind of main shonen that I've really watched. I mean, I'm sure there's other ones. Of course, there's going to be more dark ones, but Demon Slayer is a kind of mainstream shonen, and usually the main character can bounce back from just about everything. But if Tanjiro lost an arm in Demon Slayer and had to deal with that for the rest of the story, it's not coming back. In my yeah. hero, Deku has lost both of his arms like six times and then just magically get here back. So, like, Naruto too. I mean, I feel like all those kind of shows, like if anything kind of bad happened, that character would more likely kind of come back to full strength at some point. That's not how it is here. They remind you every single fight, every single fight with the demon. Like, hey, why don't you come become demon? So all those like scratches don't really mean anything to you anymore. Like they remind you constantly that yes, humans have to play by all the rules. Demons do not. So I think that's probably why they try to ground it to again, make that gap between the two even bigger and that everything the Demon Slayer do is life or death for them, while demons kind of can fuck around a little bit more and be fine. Yeah, I I love how they show that divide as well through the costumes. I mean, if you look at, like, uh, so the the normal characters, right, the background characters, the regular people living in society, they have, like, very, like, realistic, more grounded kind of clothing. And you look at Tanshira, and they have realistic clothing, though the style and color is, you know, pretty unique and, and whatnot, but, like, they're still somewhat grounded. But then you see, like, the demons, right? And they're just, like, total, like, they're just, like, modern looks, right? And I really love that separation of, like, you do actually feel like the demons are a different entity entirely. They 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 dress completely differently. They look completely differently. 
all they they have these like designs that are almost like tattoo like all over them like it's i don't know i i love that style like shift between the two to show that divide as well again i don't think there is a better shonen that plays into individual characters better at this point i mean i think you were when you were looking at a character on the screen you're able to pick up on their attitude between the art style their voice how they just appear on the screen like i feel like a lot of other shows do it really well but demon slayer truly understands their characters better than most anime i feel like out there and i think that's part of why it does so well outside of the amazing animation we all know that's what it really got to blow up but for me getting invested in it is that the character just seems so flushed out even if you don't learn everything the author clearly knows a book length of details about every kind of main character in the show that he can just pull little snippets from I'm like oh how would they react to that oh well i already have that developed in the back of my head like you don't make it up on the spot you have kind of like an encyclopedia for each character of how they'd react to everything and i think that's what makes it so phenomenal yeah uh one of my favorite uh moments from the entire episode is a beast breathing moment where he goes into beast breathing when he's like chasing uh the the demon in the in like the the rafters or whatnot and just like punches the one dude but like in that like black and white stylized thing i don't know it's so cool i love the way that they represent breathing in the show and every time i get something like beast breathing it's always incredibly incredibly hype yeah but i i think i don't have too much else to really say about the episode i mean i think i really enjoyed it the setup obviously you can't wait for things to kind of get going because with demon slayer as much as some of this stuff is and much as i love the characters obviously the fighting the animation that's what we all want to get to and i want to get to it now <laughs> yes but I, I, I am loving everything that we're seeing so far um any last kind of moments otherwise i know we usually wrap up with the taisho secret but is there any last topics before that that we want to talk about if not i'll mm-hmm. hand it back to you no, I mean, my uh, my last uh, thing, I'm going to say my piece is just I'm really excited for the fights. It's going to be good. It's going to be really good. But here's the Taisho secret. So at the very beginning, when we first see Daki in a flashback, you see that she is in a place called Edo. And then all of a sudden we go into modern day. She's in the same place, but it's called Tokyo. Why? Why? Why these places have two different names? Why did they do this? It doesn't make sense. The reason why is because they wanted to make sure that they grounded Daki in a time period. Uh, and what that meant is Edo used to be Tokyo. Uh, it used to be called Edo back in the day. Um, and the capital of Japan used to be called uh, Kyoto. So Kyoto, it's a city that's still here. Uh, it means capital because it was the old capital. So a quick TLDR on what happened and why the name changed. Uh, again, I will preface this every single time. I'm not an expert on it. I'm just doing a little bit of research just to ground uh, us in the, the very high level broad knowledge that gives us a little context on what's going on here. So. Back in the day, 1800s, the shogun ruled Japan. Uh, his name was Tokugawa, and he ruled from Edo. Um, and then the emperor lived in Kyoto, but he was just like a figurehead at this point. Um, Japan was totally closed off. They didn't let anybody in, except a few exceptions, but we're not going to go into that. Uh, so it's totally closed off. People didn't like it. They didn't like it because they only let the, uh, like, like the Portuguese in, and they didn't like that because Christianity... They didn't want any of that. So there was an uprising. They reinstated the emperor as like the actual emperor and ruler after they took out the shogun. And this was in 1868. Uh, and that emperor was Meiji. You might know that name because of the Meiji restoration that happened afterwards. So during this time, they took uh, the emperor who is in Kyoto and they moved him to Edo. And they went, wait a second, we can't call it Edo. We need to name it something cool like Eastern Capital. And that's what Tokyo means, Eastern Capital. So they renamed it. Um, 
And then the Meiji Restoration happened. And this was a huge deal because they opened up Japan. And this slowly led us to uh, a little bit after this time period of where Japan becomes very, very, very imperialistic. Uh, and World War II happens and stuff. But that's afterwards. But the important thing here is the reason why they showed us it was Edo and then Tokyo in the future, um, or where we're currently at, is because that time period is about 50 years. So by them saying, hey, she was in you know this area and when it was called Edo and now it's called Tokyo, they're just showing that because it's like a 50-year time gap. So that's like the context that we really missed out there of like a little like culture information that like obscured. Basically, it should just read like, you know, 50 years in the past uh, to get that same type of context. Let's go. But that was your, yeah, that was your Taisho secret. Eastern capital. I mean, mm-hmm. I know there's, a, there's so many situations in history of where people are just the most blunt and obvious about naming things. I feel like the Japanese definitely kind of take that capital and Eastern capital. I mean, I, or Western capital. I love, I love that spot. That, that's a good yeah. one. But, I think that's all we have for this week's episode of Demon Slayer Chronicles. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We will be back in two weeks to cover episode four and to keep chugging along. It's only getting better for here. So make sure to come back for that. Otherwise, every other week, we're still going to be doing our My Hero podcast. So if you're interested at all hearing us talk about My Hero Academia, go and check that out. Class 1A podcast as well. But thank you all so much for listening and we will see you all next time.